Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, this is our 75th episode. We have hit a milestone, and I'm really excited about this one. We are here to catch up on Falcon and the, I'm sorry, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Spoilers. And that A came from sky what's up man hey what's good what's good good to be back needless to say there will be spoilers from here on out before we get to that i want to express immense relief that social media has vindicated us about our early review of mortal Kombat. uh if you haven't heard (laughs) that yet give it a listen (laughs) tiara and i saw this about two weeks ago and we went in on it and people didn't want to believe it yeah well was a well-deserved drubbing because that they got it wrong again. Again, it's, they've been doing this for 30 years and they keep on doing the same thing over and over again, which is fucking this up. One step forward, right? Yeah, always, always. Right. Um, getting back to the title of this Captain America show, though, I think it was a missed opportunity how they changed Falcon's name at the end, but they didn't change yeah. Bucky's. Which yeah, which is I, I was thinking that they would, but they didn't, and I was some I was I was I was mildly disappointed that they didn't. Yeah, like Bucky's been through hell for over a century, experimented upon, brainwashed, almost killed his best friend several times, had to go all yeah. the way to Wakanda for therapy, relives his trauma every day through nightmares, actually puts in the work to under to uh to undo the damage he has caused. Right. understands the racial implications of holding the shield and apologizes and y'all still can't let my man be someone else and on top of that is bucky or is sam or are, are either of them getting a check yet we still haven't resolved oh. that as, oh, are right. either of them getting a check because i don't know if i mean if, i don't know if we've resolved that yet i feel like once sam became cap he's getting some some money i mean but even in winter soldier right steve had that kind of like i mean his apartment was nice but it wasn't like it was like he wasn't balling that's for sure. Well, no, yeah, he was he was definitely living in a in a you know in a lower Manhattan flat, right? Um, he wasn't he wasn't balling out of control. No, I think that Bucky's arc is bigger than Sam's. I would have to agree, and and uh, and you know the thing that that you mentioned you know previously about this being a a giant arc that looks deeper into this journey of redemption and uh, renovation, I guess you could say for Bucky is just as compelling, if not more compelling than Sam's story. Sam's story is great. But the thing about Sam's story is that Sam's story is intertwined with uh, everything having to do with the sociopolitical ramifications of him picking up the shield, right? Mm. That has a greater impact on his arc than his individuality as a character, I think. With Bucky, exactly. yeah. With Bucky, it's much more focused on his coming to terms with what he was and who he wants to become, right? Because Bucky is over a hundred years old, right? And he's only right. been himself for a very short amount of time, right? For a very right. short amount of time, because when we pick up Bucky and Cap, they go back to the old neighborhood, right? If you go all the way back to uh, the first Avenger, right? To the first Captain America movie. And mm-hmm. even in the comics, you know, Bucky was only Bucky, right? Bucky Barnes for 
25 years, I guess. I, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but let's say about 20, 25 years, that's who Bucky was. He was Bucky. Bucky was the Winter Soldier for 60 plus years, you know, almost 70 something years. And so him having to rediscover himself is the biggest part of, of I'd say one of the biggest parts of this entire series. I think what's also overlooked is when he was in the 40s, mm-hmm. he was he was he was handsome, he was getting the ladies. Yeah. He was a cool dude. And now all that's gone. He he knows nobody and now he's he's bitter, he's he's traumatized. I mean there's so much going on with him. I feel like that's even different from Cap being a man out of time because he yeah. became the man of course. Right. But then he kind of maintained that sense of self after he got out the ice, right? Bucky was a completely right. different person. So, right. yeah, I think uh, Captain America and the White Wolf would have been a cool ending. That would have been dope. I think that would have been really dope, and especially when with with what we see in, uh, you know, episode four and episode end of episode four going into episode five, with mm-hmm. you know the appearance of Vidora Milaje, going back to the the I guess you could take flashbacks um, of mm-hmm. when Bucky you know relo- was relocated by Cap to Wakanda. To right. go through his his you know, deprogramming. Before we jump into the recap, I do want to give some some quick trivia to the audience. Do you know the budget for this show? Uh, you know what? I actually do not. But I'm going to say that guess, the budget was. I'd say a hundred million dollars. It was a hundred and fifty million dollars. Nice. Now, for comparison, the first Captain America film was a hundred and forty million dollars. The Winter Soldier was a hundred and seventy million dollars. Wow. So do you think the money went to good use for this show? Oh, without a doubt. And in fact, I think that they got way more bang for the buck than they did with uh, this. This may be an unpopular opinion, but the the first Captain America, to be honest with you. Um, and, And I guess that might not be fair because, you know, without the first Captain America, there wouldn't be this series. Right. But again, the proof of concept, if you really look at the way that the Marvel cinematic universe stacks up right captain america the first avenger and uh captain america the winter soldier were two of the god tier movies in the pantheon right they both were just critically acclaimed across the board for the most part so i would say that this kind of kind of coattails on that but they definitely got their money's worth without a doubt I think a lot of it went into the first and last episode. I think in particular yeah. the first episode's action piece and was it near Tunisia and in Libya? I think it's the best in the series. Like it was really movie quality. It was very important to hook the audience right there. So that was a smart yeah. choice. Yeah. Um but I think the fight choreography overall Winter Soldier is still the high mark of the MCU. I don't think this this show ever came close to that choreography. Like no, in the elevator it, or Bucky and Cap on the highway, just just amazing stuff. Yeah, they did. They they did what needed be, to be done for a Disney Plus series, right? Plus a bit more, but you know, I I, I I'd say that they put the money to really good use. They did a good job with the budgetary uh, uh, considerations. Yeah. yeah, it was smart. So yeah, we haven't talked about this show very much on the podcast. So like I said, we're going to start our discussion at episode four, which was the big turning point for the show. And hopefully these observations aren't retreading the wealth of Think Pieces videos and podcasts out there. So if you've already heard them, 
humor us for just a few minutes. I'm going to talk about some things that I think haven't been brought up too much. And Sky, if you want to chime in with your own thoughts, that's all good. So number one, I really appreciated seeing the Dora Milaje, or at least Ayo, in a new light. Not as a warrior, but as a healer. Mm. Mm. Um, Sebastian Stan's performance here with his anxiety of becoming the Winter Soldier again and the relief and joy of of being free was really captivating to me. It's like you forget these people aren't just action stars. They can act, act. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And side note, um, skipping over a little bit, as a man, I really appreciated Bucky and Sam's exchange about race, uh, vulnerability, and accountability. It's nice to see that discussion happen with compassion instead of, what I feel nowadays is the easy route of rage. I'd have to agree. I think that the the entire sequence of events where they do flashback to, you know, Bucky's deprogramming, his therapy, uh, and him digging back in to find Bucky Barnes, the individual uh, in, mm. in Wakanda, and seeing, you know, these, these powerful, you know, beautiful, amazing black women, um, bring this man out of his 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 demon right the demon that is the winter soldier i want to say and i'll spitball for a moment I, I feel like that this is an homage to the and, and even a nod you could even say a nod or you could even say a swipe um at the fact that you know black women are amazing um black women are uh they're just, you, you can't, they, they don't get enough of their fair shape, you know, regardless of what anybody says. And seeing that, that them actually dig deeper into that aspect of what really went on, that was dope. I really appreciated that. I really appreciated that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a big surprise. I think it's important, just circling back to the, the Bucky and Sam exchange, I, I think it's important to see that represented on screen. Even Sam's idea of tough love and doing the work about his mental health felt compassionate right. and sincere. And I was right. moved by that. There's there's a wide gulf between being a tough guy and damn, get over it. And it right. was refreshing and get like yeah. to see that. I think men really need to see things like that. Yeah, and, and I have to agree that, you know, it's not it is not an easy thing to to, to balance a on-screen portrayal of masculine vulnerability without making it seem so contrived or making it mm. seem so, uh, you know, Betty Crocker, you know, prefabricated, uh, you know, this is what we expect. Um, the way that that set, that set was actually written for, you know, both Sam and Bucky was really well done because it's generally like two guys that are, you know, these amazing, you know, superheroes in their own right, that it's broke, it's broken down. Okay, look, you know, this is two dudes talking to each other, not just man to man, but heart to heart. It's hard yeah. to do that without making it seem, you know, sappy or, you know, syrupy sweet or just, you know, stupid, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the way that they did that was really tasteful. And it was really something that you don't see very often. Um, either on the big screen or even for you know you know critical series like these you don't see that a lot yeah moving on to my my next observation as much as i enjoyed the the dormilaje messing up john walker lamar bucky and sam 
I didn't like how murderous they were presented. There were several times where they were about to skewer Walker and Lamar and Bucky and Sam were like, yo, yo, what you doing? Yo. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they weren't really presented in that way before. Yeah. Like, had they gone through with those murders of Lamar and Walker, that would have caused an international incident with larger consequences than Walker killing yeah. an internationally named terrorist, right? Without a doubt. Because that gave me, uh, you know, uh, a pimp C moment. Hey, say, man, hold up. Like, I would say, wait a minute. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this went from... This went from, hey, you know, we want to know what's going on to your ass is grass real fast. And it was just, wow. Like It's like, and it, it's like all know, we I, want is Zemo to like, we're going to murder you. Yeah, it went from, yeah, it went from like, give up, you know, give up Zemo to, okay, well, we're going to turn you and your boys into, you know, kebab. Like that was, that was <laughs> something. That was like, wow, <laughs> hold up, man. Yeah, it was weird to me. My next point, I do want to point out the diversity of Carly and her team. She's a racially ambiguous woman, and her teammates were also racially ambiguous for the most part. There's the Asian man with the New Zealand or Aussie accent. I thought that was a nice touch. Just from how they look and sound, you can better understand what a one world... Cracking. You can better understand what a one world, one people vision could look like. Sure. Sure. And so I thought aesthetically that was cool. Yeah. That, and I don't think that you could pull off a cabal of, you know, international, you know, modified, uh, enhanced, you know, physically enhanced uh, uh, terrorists in a manner. Or, and, I, and the thing is that I'm reticent to use the, the term terrorist, even though they did use extreme means. Um, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. It's always been that right. way. And I think that the, the way that they were able to really show what, like you said, what a, a one world, you know, open borders type of, of world would look like and people that are getting behind it, it would have to be a diverse crew of people like that. It wouldn't work otherwise, right? Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about episode four before I move on? Uh, no, that's good. We we because the the meat of it's coming anyway. So yeah, yeah. Moving on to uh, episode five, Sam has prided himself on talking down people as a VA counselor, but <laughs> man, did he fail at talking down Walker just to get the shield immediately? Right, he had him. Yeah. Right, even Walker said, "You almost had me." It's funny because what did Sam? tell walker in episode two it's always that last line it's always that last line like you had him but you had to go for the shield and then you got your ass kicked yeah, <laughs> yeah. and 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 he and 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 he was he you know sam wants to be the diplomat sam wants to play the diplomat he wants to play the the negotiator that's what his that's a shtick right and it's been mm -hmm. that way like you said you know his his, you know, we are introduced to him, you know, working with, with Cap, you know, in a counseling, you know, in a, a counseling group, right? Um, and he's trying to appeal to that sense of decency. The thing about it is, is that a sense of decency already has to be there for a person, right? It already has to be instilled. You have to want to be able to be decent to be decent. And Walker, the way that he spoke and the way that he reacted 
was the way that he was, to be honest with you, programmed to react. Um, and we'll get into that. I don't want to reveal too much before we get into that specific part of, mm-hmm. of what we're going to talk about here. But yeah, that is what he wanted to do. You know, this is a guy that that took up the mantle, but he let the mantle take him. Right. With Cap, it was the other way around. That's what we're constantly dancing dancing around this, this entire series. Who is going to be good enough to be Cap? Who is going to be good enough to be Steve Rogers? Because there's not another Steve Rogers. Right. Right. It's finally in the expository discussions that we have with Bucky and, and with uh, Sam while they're talking about, uh, you know, at the end of episode four, Cap is gone. You know, we've finally revealed that Cap is just not alive. He's just he's not around. And the only way that we're going to get to a point where we are comfortable with moving forward is admitting Steve Rogers was one of a kind. You can't go and foist a mantle on some someone that is not able to really handle it under the you know you're not that type of person right and that's why he you know that's why he is who he is he's the you know US agent that's not the person that he ever was meant to be right no yeah. totally i totally agree i uh i enjoyed the choreography of that fight against yeah. walker i think even from the first episode, Sam has shown versatility and skill with the suit and the wings to to compensate for him lacking the super soldier serum. Right. I think the show creators did an excellent job at showcasing that Sam is a good strategist like Steve Rogers. I think that's that's overlooked. Even in Civil War, like the airport mm-hmm. scene, it was Sam that had to tell Cap that not everyone is getting out of this and made the plan to help Cap and Bucky escape to Russia right. or Siberia. Right, right. What I found particularly funny in episode five was Bucky's uh, leaning in into the theatrics. Yeah. So after that fight, Sam is the only guy in the room without the serum in his veins. And after the fight, he just walks over, drops a shield by Sam's bloodied, broken body on the floor and walks away hella smooth. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you're welcome. Clean yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That to me was again. It really speaks to the the quality of the writing that they do have on board for this series. Is that they could have made it, they could have made it, you know, kind of cheesy. Like, hey man, are you all right? You're gonna be all right. Yeah, that's that's kind of stupid. Like, you know, this is kind of Bucky with saying the the quiet part out loud without saying it loudly. Like, I told you, I told your ass to take the the to keep this the shield in the first place. Cap gave it to you, and now you're sitting here bleeding on the floor. Clean yourself <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it seemed like to me. I'm thinking before that, like, Civil War, it's like, next time, move your seat up, bitch. <laughs> 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 right? Right? <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I may have fractured several ribs. I may have a concussion. Can you help me up? No. <laughs> anyway. Then the more theatrics, the drama, when he goes to apprehend Zemo in Sokovia, he pretends to shoot him and then drops the bullets all like dramatic. Like then that's when Io and the other and the other Milaje show up. I'm just thinking, can you imagine him planning that out with them? Like he's like in their in their little in their vehicle. and He's like, hey, let's check it out. I'm gonna go over there and like scare him. Right. I'm gonna pretend like I'm gonna shoot him. Take him out. And then and then and then get this, get this. Hey, hey, quit laughing. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to drop the bullets, and that's when y'all come in. We're going to fuck his shit up. We're going to blow his mind. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's, what was the BTS with that plan, that signal, right? I you thought know, that was it, funny. It, I thought that was hilarious because the thing, the thing that we were waiting for is, and, and you'd, you've seen it in, in a lot of the boards and a lot of discussion uh, boards, even on Reddit, about how, mm-hmm. you know, people were waiting for Bucky to come into his own, right? Because he starts off, you know, when we first pick up with Bucky and he joins up with Sam, you know, he's kind of getting his ass kicked a little bit, right? He's, you know, when the, with the fight scene on the train, on the top of the train, and then moving forward, you know, Bucky is almost pulling his punches is what a lot of people are saying. And we get to this point where, you know, he finally comes face to face with Zemo. He's having to come face to face again with, you know, seeing what he was doing as the Winter Soldier and then going, you know, toe to toe with Zemo, like, hey, you know what I got to do, right? And Zemo was expecting him, right? He said, I thought you would say that, right? That was his last line before he was like, I got you, bitch. Now I'm going to give you up to these fine-ass African ladies and they're going to fuck you up, right? I mean, that was kind of what was, <laughs> was that's kind of what was going on there. And and I think it was, it yeah, was again, it was if I may, that, just If I may interject, I'm just, you sure. said that, I'm just imagining, because he looked really clean as he went into their ship. I'm just imagining them them dropping him off at the raft looking like a, Oh, like a man. Tom and Jerry cartoon. He's just, he's just, he's just all like, all lumped up. Yeah, exactly. There's on on this ship just stomping him out. <laughs> yeah, they they come out there, man. Why is he bleeding? And why does he smell like jollof rice? Like, you know what I'm like so. That's why it's such a good. It was such an important part uh, of the show to have Zemo be a part of this series because you wouldn't have had the same, the same journey to you know, Bucky discovering or, or, or becoming secure in who he was. You wouldn't have the same exposition. It just wouldn't have been the same series without Zemo actually coming in and filling out some of those blanks that were left out when we last saw Zemo, you know, several movies ago, right? So I think that that's, that's, that's probably one of my favorite portions of this entire series is the arc with Zemo, you know, being included in the story. Yeah. And he's just, I think Daniel Bruhl's just a great actor. Draper's a big fan. <laughs> yeah, he's an, he's, he's an awesome, he's an awesome actor. Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Yeah. Time to get a little serious now. Thinking about the recent conviction of Derek Chauvin for murdering George Floyd, I can't help but think about the U.S. government stripping John Walker of his ranked benefits. The government will not uproot its yeah. system but it will sacrifice a person or people to the public, give them a bone to feel pacified without any substantial change. The GRC is voting to displace 20 million people, which will probably result in a lot of deaths. But God forbid their Captain America brutally kill one person like that. And as much as the social political conversation has been focused on U.S. police killing civilians, particularly those of color, there hasn't been as strong a movement to rein in the use of the U.S. global police force, that is to say, its military, or peacekeepers, as the good senator said in the show, especially its disproportionate violence against black and brown right. bodies abroad. Go ahead. You know, I think the first thing that, that probably needs to be said about that is that you can't have this discussion about 
you can't have a discussion about what it is to to really deal with a global issue like this without talking about um, this idea or this, this this mythology that revolves around American exceptionalism, right? American exceptionalism, excuse me. And part and parcel of that exceptionalism is this almost deification of uh, you know the america uh, the, the american military apparatus and john walker is a he he's he's an avatar of that right john walker and 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 to a greater extent what they have done with the mantle of being captain america um in the post steve rogers era is that they have taken the mantle and they have done what they want to do with it. And that is, again, turning it into another commodity of American exceptionalism. Understand that Steve Rogers would never have signed on with that, I don't think. And, and I, I think it would be um, that we, we, we are able to say that because we see exactly what type of person they chose to become uh, Captain America again, right? John Walker is a symbol and a, a a person that was molded by the American military, whereas Steve Rogers was a person that was molded by Steve Rogers and given the tools to be Captain America by the United States military, right? It's an inverse right. ratio that we're dealing with. And so with that being said, I think people need to understand that, you know, coming from the military, when you sign up, to be a part of the military in the United States in particular, you are given a serial number. What does that mean? It means that you are a piece of property. You are a piece of property for the Department of Defense. So in essence, when you sign your name on that dotted line, you become what they want you to become or what they tell you to become. And they can take that away from you if you step out of line depending on what their interests are and mm. their interests in this case are protecting the interests of what uh, uh, the power brokers and i'm not talking about the character i'm talking about the true power brokers that are at at play here in both the real world and in the marvel cinematic universe and in this case the power brokers themselves being uh, uh the major world powers the united states uh the european union uh and in china so on so forth india and you're looking at what are they doing? This, this comes down to dollars and cents, right? And I think that that's what people need to be looking at is the fact that, you know, Marvel took it there and they, they took a gamble. They took a gamble by taking it there. But at the same time, they have enough, they have enough, uh, I think that Marvel has enough, uh, and Disney as a larger sense, but Marvel in particular, has enough of their brand equity and, and, and brand cred that they can take it there and, and they should have because you wouldn't be able to really have this discussion or have a compelling series that centers around uh, a, a black man um, taking up this mantle of Captain America without actually digging deeper into what are the ramifications and what are the deeper issues at play, right? And I think mm. the use of the power broker as a character juxtaposed against the power brokers in the, the both the real world and that universe, which are the major world powers. Um, it's interesting. I, I think that, that that's why it ruffled so many uh, 
you know, alt-right feathers and, and you know, right-wing lug nuts, they got so pissed off at this and, and, and fragile about this discussion that's being had in this series that it, it just goes to show this is what you're really dealing with. This is a real-world issue. Well, I feel like the show focused more on domestic issues with black people as opposed to the Flag Smashers really dealing with a global a global issue. And I want to talk about that a little bit later on. But we talked about the military a little bit. But I do want to kind of extend some compassion here because the show very lightly, I thought they would go into this a little more, but they lightly talked about also how veterans are treated. And right. there is an insightful post on Facebook by a man named Anthony Kofi Asetutu. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. And I'm going to read his post and I, you know, I want to hear your thoughts about it. Sure. Quote, something that struck me about Wyatt Russell or John Walker's character that is not talked about is how his support system has totally failed him. We are constantly, we constantly see fake Captain doubtful and scared, battling internal demons, only to be told by the government, his ex, and his homeboy that he's okay. No one takes the time to help him battle his demons. Instead, they heap more honor and praise on him. Contrast that with Bucky, who gets helped by real Cap, while conned to deprogramming, therapy, and a friendship with Falcon, who literally works to help soldiers manage their PTSD. So we have to ask ourselves, who is really to blame for fake Captain America? And what lessons can we draw from it in our present society? For me, it's two things. Listen to people's demons and don't project. Secondly, stop rewarding things just because it fits your agenda. True friends need to check each other. Mm, mm. So for me, bond, as they say. yeah, by the end of the show, I did feel some compassion for Walker, despite his violent pushback in the Senate hearing. Under different circumstances, he really could have been more aligned with Sam or even Steve's values. In the comics, actually, Walker is a Christian right wing conservative. So I'm glad they I'm glad that his adaptation was handled with a dafter hand. It's not so black and white with him. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I thought he was going to have a battle with Sam in the finale, but I think his silent acknowledgement after Sam's speech was a nice subversion of expectations. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that uh, I think that what, the way that they were able to really modify his character from the, the comic book uh, you know, interpretation and, and what you have from the canon, so to speak, uh, it was done very well. It was done with taste, but it was also done with, with a significant amount of care. Because here's the thing. When you're talking about right-wing Christianity, whether people want to understand it or not, the avatar of right-wing Christianity is white masculinity. They did not have to outright adapt uh, that into the series because whether people want to, to, to acknowledge it or not, the fact is, is that that is the, the iconography that uh, goes along with that identity, right? It is white masculinity. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is the same reason why you see uh, this very, very specific disconnect between uh, white masculine uh, conservatism and right-wing values and those of, of the so-called... Uh, uh, you know, right-wing, alt-right, uh, uh, feminine movements that are uh, femininity movements that are out there. Um, 
you know, you can't be, you cannot garner the same benefits or the same privileges of, you know, white supremacy and, and white privilege unless you first get in bed with white patriarchy. And because of that, um, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think it was really neat, necessary for them to say that out loud. Um, you know, mm. if you get it, you get it. If you get it, you get it, right? Um, and if you don't, then, you know, you can read into it and it's open for your interpretation. And, um, of course, you know, it, it we'll get to this ahead. a bit later, but Isaiah also remarked up upon having the blonde hair, blue eyes, etc. Um, circling back to the resolution at the end of the show, I would have preferred that Sam and Walker talk ideology and fight. Yeah. Whether Walker died or not, I, I didn't really want him to die, but I also but I wanted I wanted Sam to figure out a compromise with Carly and the Flag Smashers and save them. Yeah. More on that later. Let's move on to Sam's discussion with Isaiah in episode five because that was really powerful. For those who haven't looked up his name already, the actor who plays Isaiah is Carl Lumbly. And he's been a part of comic book adaptations for some time. Do you know which superhero he was the voice of? I'll let the audience uh, have a few seconds to think. He was Martian Manhunter in the Justice League animation. The hatred shouldn't have surprised me, but the selfishness, the sheer volume of it, the cheap attempts to disguise it, what do you know? A fresh rabbit every now and then and you're happy. At least you're honest. What am I fighting for? Who am I fighting for? He sounds completely different in that show. Yeah, he sounds completely different than Isaiah. I used to watch Justice League on the regular, and I and I remember hearing his voice. I'm like, you know, he's familiar, but I'm, I did not know that he was actually Martian Manhunter's uh, uh, voice voice artist. That's crazy. Yeah, he was also in that short-lived Fox Black superhero series Mantis. Have you seen that show? Yeah, I used to watch that. I actually, I, I that was on for like one or two seasons, I think. Yeah, I, don't I remember liked it, it too. I remember, I, I did, I did the wiki on it. It's really weird. It's, it's ironic seeing who his character is in this show. But Mantis is about a black conservative, a black socially conservative man, yeah. who he got injured, and then he discovers like a plot in his community against black people. So he changes his philosophy. And right. like I said, he's paralyzed from this, from this gunshot and he puts on this sort of Iron Man suit that gives him augmented abilities, strength, speed, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of want to rewatch it again now and just right. kind of see him as a younger actor. But I think he's, he was, it was a cool, it was a, it was a cool show. Yeah. He was, he was an, uh, just a, just wow. Like his, his, uh, his presence on screen was just amazing in this, but the fact Absolutely. that he was uh, that he was in Mantis, I didn't even think about that. But that show that brings back memories. That was actually a really good show, and it got canceled like after I think two seasons. But it was actually quite good. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, very powerful scene, particularly the the ending line of that scene, which set the black internet ablaze last week. They will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And what was Sam's response? America, fuck yeah, come and 
Let me give credit where it's due. Uh, that joke came from Blurred Vision, another Black Nerd podcast. They posted that to Twitter, and I laughed my ass off. You know the saying, there's a grain of truth in every joke, and I'll get to that with Sam later, too. I'm saying we'll get to this later a lot, but we will. Side note, during that montage with Sam training, it was funny to see the obvious stunt double for Anthony Mackie. <laughs> and for all the flips he did in that montage, did he do any during the finale? I don't remember anything. I really don't. Let's get to the finale now. How do you feel about the suit? It was something. Um, I mean, I don't Uh-oh. know. It's, it it makes it makes him look it makes him look like he has a yee ass hairline. You know what I mean? Um, I think that to be honest with you, but but okay, black right. POV, everybody, I'll black POV. This. I'll say this. I'll say that it was an homage to the the suit that he has in the comics right it's an homage to the suit that he has in the comics i mean it was spot um, on yeah it was spot on from the from the comics it, it it definitely was spot on from the comics just when you see it in real life it's kind of like mm, mm. <laughs> i give it i'd say my reception to it was i'd say maybe a 6 out of 10 uh it's just because it made him, it, it really made him look kind of, it just made him look kind of weird. But at the same time, I, I see what they were trying to do with it, so I'll give him that. I would rate it a little higher. I do think it looked, at times, a little baggy on him. Like, yeah. like slightly. Like, yeah. Spider-Man's suit is very tight on him, right? Cap's suit is right. pretty tight on him, snug. It felt a little loose on him. But overall, yeah. I really enjoyed the iconography and how the director crafted the shots with it in motion. I think it really looked good in motion. Uh, the bridge scene where it shielded him and the guy he saved from that helicopter was really neat. Sure. For me, the origin is a little weird for me because it came from Wakanda. Right. And Shuri called Everett Ross a colonizer in Black Panther, but she right. and her team made an expensive vibranium suit. And fun fact, I don't know if, if you knew this, but one gram of vibranium is worth $10,000. Correct. Right. So they made this expensive vibranium suit with the symbol of one of the most powerful colonizing forces in recent human history. Right. If Isaiah Bradley was against a black man wearing the suit, wouldn't the Wakandans be extra skeptical just to give that away for free? Well, you think that they would, especially, I mean, look, if you're going to send off to Wakanda to get this ridiculous vibranium drip, number one, at least let the man get, get the man fitted. Get the man fitted. Like, I, at <laughs> yeah, least get him fitted. <laughs> can you get him fitted? I know you can get him fitted. Just get the man <laughs> fitted. Or not. I'm thinking about Back to the Future 2 when right. um, Marty puts on, what, the vest or the shoes, and they just kind of just conform to his size. Right, right, right. They've got to have adaptive technology, right? Adaptive fabric, right? That's Something, what it is. Yeah. And that's a that's a real tech. That's a real and actual didn't, tech. That's, didn't that's Stark make a, now, a suit like that for Spider-Man? Yeah, he did. He did. One more thing that I found funny about Falcon's suit, and it's in the comic book, so, I, so you, you can't complain very much, but why didn't the Wakandans put protective gear around his head? Mm. He has no super soldier serum. And Black Panther, he's all suited up. I mean, like, remember in Civil War when he got shot with the helicopter and he was just like didn't face him at all right like right. sam sam is just he looks cool like i don't even know if that suit's made of vibranium i think it's just the wings so they so they really didn't do much for him at all 
<laughs> I mean, they gave they they so. they gave him they gave him right like there's certain membership tiers that you have to do that you have to to accomplish <laughs> membership tiers to get to get full access to to Wakandan engineering. He's at like the I mean, blue you're black, tier. but yeah, you're black, but yeah, I mean, but you're still just you're, you're still you know, but you're that kind of black, right? You're black, but. I don't know. Son. He's a black colonizer. You, but you, you, you He's get, a black colonizer. Yeah, you, you be saying some some things that are a little bit mm, side eye worthy. We'll, we'll we'll give you the intro. We'll give you the 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 seven day free trial of Adobe Acrobat. How about that? <laughs> this is the black colonizer tier, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on this too too long. Anyway, I know that Black Panther designed Sam's suit in the comic book, so. It is close to the source material, but it was peculiar that the Wakandans made this suit for him. Yeah, um, I, I found that. I found, I, and the thing is, even even though they made the suit, and they made the suit on you know on request from Bucky, Bucky asked for a huge favor. I want to say that they made it because you know Bucky gave up Zemo. Maybe that's why they're yeah. like, okay, we'll do you a solid this time. But this is sure. a, this is a one-off, you know what I mean? I feel like that's that's the reason why they did it. I guess, but in a sense, already though they did Bucky solid by cleaning his brain and giving him a new arm. I mean, they did a lot for that brother. So that is true. I, I don't know. My other side eye was when Sam said that he called others for help. Who did right. you think of immediately? Dude, I immediately thought it would have been either the Dormilage. I thought maybe it was them. If it wasn't them, then I thought. Actually, you know what? That's who I thought it would have would have been. Interesting. I totally did. I think about them. I thought about Rhodey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? he was in the first episode. He was in the first episode. <laughs> where Where the hell is Rhodey? Like, what was Rhodey's last line when he walked off the screen? I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch. Apparently not. Yeah, like I, I guess I guess Rhodey was just trying <laughs> to say. I guess that was just a well, good looking. We'll see. We'll see you when I see you. Or maybe maybe he called Rhodey and Rhodey said, "Well, who all over there? <laughs> <laughs> who all's over there?" When the armored car was about to fall and someone caught it, I thought that was the grand reveal of Rhodey. Right, right. You can ask the Wakandans in an entirely different continent for favors, but you can't ask these people right around the corner to help you out. And let's not forget, let's not forget, all Rhodey has to do is suit up real quick, and he can be right. there within a certain a, a very small window of time because he's got stark tech okay so you can't right. tell me that they couldn't have gotten roadie you can get him into one episode you can't tell me that don c is not down to like to suit up come on man i know we're used to superheroes who should obviously be there but aren't there but don't give us a hero and then not use him at an important time um, yeah, I mean... also too there's no spider-man and this is his city. Spider-Man is easily stronger than the super soldiers. Remember in Civil War when he casually caught and turned out Bucky's metal arm? You have a metal arm? That is awesome, dude. He would have made he would have made light work of the Flag Smashers. You'd think, and and again, like you said, this is his hood. This is his hood. Right. How are you gonna be? Like, how can you not see that? How are you gonna be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and not even be on the block? Come on, man. Right. It's not a big deal for me, but I was thinking about it. Maybe Armor Wars or No Way Home will explain their absence. So you know, I'll, I'll cross my fingers on that. Sure, I'd, I'd like I'd like to get some answers because they got some explaining to do. 
Rudy. Come on now. Explain it to do. Come on now. There are two other things I found funny in, in this finale. Uh, number one, when Sam makes his debut, he throws the shield through the window and hits a flag smasher in the arm and right. knocked him out. Cold. This is a man who, with no serum casually knocking out super soldiers by hitting them in the arm. And then a little later, he bounces the shield off of Carly and a few other people when they're in the um, in that foundry. And they get back up immediately to run after Batrock shoots the, the gas. That was a weird choice. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Remember when, when John Walker killed that dude? He threw the shield as a super soldier, he threw it directly into his back, like into his right. spine, and he fell down. He wasn't knocked out, but he was—he was—he just fell down. Right. But he was like, "Hey, man, like, don't kill me." But he wasn't knocked out, right? Sure. So I thought that was exactly. weird. I thought that was yeah. weird. Again, it's a nitpick, but I—I th- I thought about that. But number two, this this made me laugh out loud. After they run into that building, chasing Carly and whatever, right? They're running in. And I thought they were going to be stealthy about it, right? Like, they're, like, tracking the prince and they're, they're jogging and whatever. And then Sam starts yelling, Hey, uh, <laughs> they win, they split up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help but laugh out loud. Like, what kind of strategy is this? I'm imagining him yelling, like, hey, hey. And Bucky's like, yo, can you shut the fuck up? Exactly. Because, <laughs> look, the first, look, the first, the first, the first rule of actually stalking someone is, don't be seen or heard, motherfucker. And the first thing that he does is, hey, 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 they split up. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to need you to, uh, you go left, and I'm going to go right, and we're going to fuck them up, okay? And we meet in the middle. They'll never see us coming. Right. They sure as hell are going to hear your ass. All right, guys, on three, put your hands in. Right. <laughs> oh, that shit was hilarious to me. Um... How'd you feel about Sharon being revealed as the power broker? You weren't, were you surprised? I was not surprised. Um, because as, as, as you remember on our last episode, when we reviewed episode three, I believe it was, Yeah, I had said that I'm pretty positive that Sharon is the power broker because she is way too set up, way too set up to not. Yeah. Be. And the fact Paper that was right. The, yeah. The, the, the fact that she was revealed as a power broker fell into exactly what I thought was going to happen. Now, with that said, um, the fact that that she has all of this information, she has all of these loose ends that she tied up at the end, we're still hung with, okay, she's going to get a pardon now, or at least, uh, you know, Sam is going to petition to get her this pardon. Now what? What's going to happen? Like, what's this setting us up for, right? Yeah, I'm very curious because in the comic books, she eventually became the director of Shield for a time. So that's right. Will she yeah. climb the ladder, or will that just be you know erased for some other uh, adaptation to, of her character? Is she going to try to rekindle Hydra? Who knows? Like it's it's that's just something I'm really really interested in seeing if they continue to play this out because again, this was just what six episodes, right? So this is six mm, episodes, yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering whether or not they're going to come back for another season. I, I'm I'm really I've got so many questions. Like there, there was a lot of things that were answered, but there's a lot of resolution that's that's there's a lot of things that are left unresolved, right? Yeah, I mean, speaking of rekilling Hydra, there's that Valentina lady. So there's another organization that's apart from what Sharon could be building. So we have kind of two factions. So I'm very curious 
about how that plays out. I don't know about another season, but I'm sure that will be addressed in Captain America 4, which we'll get to a little bit later too. I felt bad for Carly. I didn't realize that Carly was a teenager, so some of her formative years were during this blip. Right. This uh, life of no borders is kind of all she knows. I I would like to get a backstory about how that life was, a life that is driving her and others like her to risk their lives so passionately for it. Yeah. I think some flashbacks for her, like Black Panther did for Killmonger a little bit, would have serviced the story well. I would have preferred that to Sam's NOLA boat side plot. And maybe that was because they had a short, (laughs) like a limited budget. Sure. Instead, they they vaguely hinted at her, her backstory, her overall plan, and then just made her just lash out and desperate for the rest of the show. Even the killing of the senators wouldn't have done anything in the long run. At least right. Killmonger's plan was more understandable. Yeah, yeah, I, and I agree. I think that, I think that with that with what we were working with, you know, I would have more. It would have serviced the story and the whole arc of of what we were moving towards if we had known more about Carly and what it was that drove her to really, you know, form the the flag smashers, right? Um, and to really yeah. give her the impetus to go and rage against the machine, so to speak. Um, I understand why they want to kind of uh, give Sam some of a backstory because, again, you know, it is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? So they want to focus more on, uh, you know, persona, you know, giving these these characters their personalities, giving these characters their their actual backstories, and not so much mm-hmm. as you know the 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 larger scheme of things but if you want to talk about how this impacts the mcu at large it would have serviced a lot better because again you know us moving towards the the new phase of movies that will be coming out it would it it would service the overall stories that are coming down the line a lot better i think totally 100 percent. now uh this is where it gets it gets difficult uh i want to talk about sam in that speech (laughs) now Oh, yeah. No, Sam and the speech, I think, is the big one for me because I know it moved a lot of people. People on social media are saying it made them cry. Uh, I will say at the very least, it was well acted. It's easy for me to see the arc of Sam Wilson, the character here. However, I am going to critique this quite a bit. Um, So buckle up. For all the parallels about Isaiah Bradley saving his friends and getting imprisoned while Steve was celebrated for doing the same thing, let's not forget that Sam, a black man, was and still is an agent of the military and was never disciplined during his service because he was valuable to the American Empire's interest. This is MCU canon. He did two combat tours in Afghanistan, a U.S.-sanctioned war that has been heavily criticized by the international human rights community. Sam was not only involved in pararescue, he was active in combating, likely killing and capturing people abroad for America. Right. Or really, as you were talking about before, corporate interests. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget in Civil War, he was killing criminals. Even in Winter Soldier, he was killing criminals with twin Uzis um, in the Lagos yeah. action set piece. Body armor. AR-15s. I make seven hostiles. I make five. He right. he uh, he shot mini missiles at them to blow them up. So 
I've been giving Sam the side eye since episode four when he tried to talk Carly down and criticize her use of violence. When right. Sam decides it's okay to murder someone in the name of justice, it's okay. When his corporate-backed government tells him to murder or capture someone in the name of their interest, it's okay. He only quit the Air Force because his friend died, not because of moral or ethical reasons. Mm-hmm. So how can you ask Carly where does the violence end when you were a part of the longest war in American history, a war that is still going on, a war mm-hmm. that turns 20 this year, and you haven't acknowledged or expressed regret about your participation in that. Mm. Mm. So when I'm seeing everyone on social media, like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And I, I just, I'm like, I'm like that uh, dude in Zoolander. Like, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to bring it back to just how the show positions Sam as the moral center of this universe. And I just find that a bit problematic. Without acknowledgement and renunciation of his own participation in actions that have helped kill and displace black and brown bodies abroad, creating refugee crises that we're dealing with in this show, the speech just felt a little hollow to me, especially when you keep in mind that he saved more cops in this show than Flag Smashers. All the Flag Smashers died. I think it would have been a much better show if Carly, who knew about Sam's family, also knew about Sam's war history and pointed out the hypocrisy of him trying to talk her down. Then Sam would have to think about that on top of the Isaiah Bradley stuff. And I think that would have been a much stronger arc for Sam Wilson. Sam, I think you talked about it before. Sam really only had to think about external issues in this show while Bucky is dealing with that on top of his internal struggles. And I think that was unbalanced and left some really engaging development on the table. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, It did leave a lot to be desired in the, in the fact that, you know, Sam, Sam is given to us, uh, not necessarily on a platter, but Sam had a very wide berth of space to really reconcile all of these issues and the fact that he he gave this speech at the end about you know trying to reconcile okay well why is it that this teenage girl and all these people you know got on board with her and had the support of all of these you know refugees all of these and even some governments you know why was it so you know why 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 is that we need to reconcile that yeah sure but could you have done that with her alive could you have done yeah. that with, you know, you've got the opportunity to bring these people in and, you know, you could have done that. You could have been able to actually, why don't you go to the Senator first? Why don't you go to the, the GRC council and address them first? Right. Um, you know, we don't need to have this, this, you know, knight in shining armor. We don't need to have everything so black and white. It's not necessary because if you're really in the know, you understand that that is not always the case and it never has been right so that would have left it it, you know sam's character had a lot left a lot to be desired as far as being able to really flesh these things out correctly i think true uh to bring some levity into this for a moment uh can we talk about prince philip being zemo's assassin too (laughs) bruh Blowing up the rest of the flag smashers. <laughs> they, I don't think no. Uh, I'm just, Bruh. I'm just imagining Woodhouse in this black cat suit going under the transport truck, plant placing the bomb. Like, oh, oh dear, my hip. 
and then he has to crawl back up to his car <laughs> and blow it up. Like you couldn't have paid someone else like fifty years younger to handle that. It could have been easy. It, it like been the really bomb would have gone off, the bomb would have went off, the phone would have rang, Woodhouse would have answered the phone, and someone could have just said it's done. And then he would have hung it up and said, "Okay, I can arrange that, but I'm not physically there." Like that was so wild to me. There's no way that this look. First of all, this guy looks like <laughs> this guy straight up looks like someone pulled him out of a morgue, jump started him, and then say, "Hey, we have a role for you, and it is a role to die for." You cannot tell me that this man, who looks like he has more metal in his joints than he has in in, in his actual silverware drawer, was able to do that. There's no way. There's no way. Oh, and just I, I I watched the show again a little bit, and just just his voice. Hello, sir. I mean, Alfred sounds. You know, Alfred in Batman's like witty. He's witted, like he's lucid, like he's there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this man just, just sounds like he's like, please just kill me, kill me. Like it's just it's, it's his voice. It's the, so it funny was, to me. It was so labored to the point where it's like. Why are you even in this, bruh? Like, Why? I mean, they could have found somebody else. Anybody. This, there's no way that this dude who looks like he, his skin is the consistency of tapioca pudding. There's no way. <laughs> there's absolutely no way. Okay. All right. All right. Let's 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 bring it back. Let's bring it back. All right. So let me get back to the serious bit a little bit. Um, I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated that these black lit properties which deal with historic uh, oppression, violence, yeah. theft, and revolution just end on a whimper. So I think you and I talked about Black Panther on this show before. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, we imagine, we imagine a Black Honest trailer. Watch this two-hour epic about Black liberation and expression. Experience a civil war over an ideology that could result in a new world order. Celebrate the conclusion as the main hero creates a community center. Really? Oh yeah, that's that's in the script here. And of course, a speech at the UN. The UN. The UN, an organization where the US is the largest provider of financial contributions and hosts its headquarters. Really? I really want to know what came out of T'Challa's actions because as of right now, nothing has changed for black people if Sam is getting harassed by cops in this show. Yeah. I really hope Black Panther 2 addresses and redeems that ending because I found that lackluster. And the same thing happens yeah. with Falcon in this show with the younger revolutionary. What is the climax? The revolutionaries are dead again, like Killmonger, and all we get is a yes we can speech. Yeah. <laughs> and for all we yeah. know, the status quo is preserved again. Yeah. They, they, and they 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 missed it by by going full Obama and and you never go full Obama. Thank you. Um, especially in, in things like this. You just don't. There was little indication that anything was going to change. I mean, the senators kind of looked around like, oh, jeepers, man, we should look uh, concerned on camera before we go and vote and kill his dreams. <laughs> like, exactly. I wish there was some sort of epilogue or text that said, Sam's speech inspired the GRC to hold their talks uh, or at least bring displaced peoples into the talks. Like, like something. Like, we got zilch. Like, guys, listen, how many times have you seen speeches from liberal, progressive, left, whatever label you want to use, leaders in politics that go viral and ultimately very little, if anything, fundamentally changes? 
you know, those the headlines. John sure. Oliver eviscerates Trump on the latest last week tonight. Bernie Sanders destroys conservative talking point about Medicare for all. Ayanna Presley demolishes conservative in the house for this and that. I never thought I would reference Dark Phoenix two times uh, consecutively, but my favorite line from it is relevant here. And it's when Magneto talks to Xavier about there's always a speech and no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, but, but where's the lie, though? Where's the lie? Exactly. And, and, exactly. and that's, you know, and, and Brendan and I had a, a very, very specific heart-to-heart -heart talk um, yesterday. And it goes back to a lot of what many people have said is that you end up with a lot of frustration and hand-wringing and you get someone to make uh, a, a certain gesture that all of a sudden galvanizes corporations to be nice for about five to seven months. And after the qu quarterly reports are in, they just keep on doing business as they've been doing business. And this is exactly what we have here is that, you know, real change is not enacted unless people actually go and give people something to lose, right? That's how all change has really been fomented. Do you really think that, that, you know, and look, you're talking about a country that's turning out these types of, uh, these types of properties that, you know, get their, their, their panties in a wad when people, you know, storm the local Walmart, but yet every 4th of July, they celebrate people that went and raided, you know, a, 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 a ship full of tea and threw it overboard dressed as native Americans, dressed as Brown folks. Right, so it, it it is getting very frustrating to see them make all these strides, and they're right there, they're right there, and it's like right when they're at the finish line, they could cross they the finish really line. There. They sit down like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just gonna take a rest <laughs> right here. Come yeah, on, it it got me thinking about. Mackey's line from Outside the Wire about how the government uses his brown face to appear less threatening to people in right. com combat zones. Right. So the government can advance its agenda with uh, less friction. Why would the Pentagon pick my face to represent the United States Marines? Why wouldn't they make me a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all-American varsity peckerwood? Didn't want to ask. Thought it might be robotist. Psy-ops. My sleeve might say U.S., but my face conveys neutrality, makes people calm. I believe in a vacuum, the character Sam Wilson truly believes that what he's doing is right. But historically, in this universe itself, as well as the reality that influences it, a speech of this nature really isn't enough at all. Ultimately, as you said, you know, Disney is Obamifying Sam Wilson, a handsome, charismatic, well-spoken black man who likes 70s soul singers, but ultimately upholds the status quo. Obama right. wouldn't even let basketball players go on strike to protest police brutality. Right. Sam's over here letting these revolutionaries die. There's no opposition to the GRC at this point. Side note, for interesting trivia, one of Obama's most memorable moments in his presidency was singing Al Green's Let's Stay Together. Trouble Man, an album that Sam is adamant about, came out the same year, 1972. Right. Right. within a month of each other. So I thought that was interesting, interesting parallel. But yeah, whether it be Obama, Kamala, or Sam, representation matters. But also, but also, 
Representation matters. I'm not interested in charismatic black faces of the American empire or the status quo. I don't want an easier, browner, cooler pill to swallow. I don't want these pills in the first place. All I'm seeing is a corporation giving very well-funded lip service, as you were talking about, to these very important social economic issues, but ultimately preserving the status quo. A friend of mine says this quote every once in a while, the Democratic Party is where revolutions go to die. And that's how I feel about Marvel now. These black heroes just feel neutered at this point. I don't want people to project that we're too woke to enjoy things. Like, I really did enjoy this show. It was a good show. But yeah. as you said, it's it, it can't escape this. Even the added wink for Isaiah Bradley at the museum felt weak to me. And again, the scene was extremely well acted. Carl Lumbly may be the best actor of this entire show. But with yeah. Cap's new influence, they could have secretly written and released a book together. He could have given video testimony. Those kind of things go more viral than a museum. And if the government is trying to hide him, who's to say that that wing for Isaiah stays there? So exactly. this, that inclusion kind of baffled me, to be honest. And of course, we know we've been talking about Isaiah Bradley having things done to him without his consent, but that wing was done without his consent at the same time. I mean, luckily he was cool with it, but he could have freaked right. out at the same time. So I just, I don't know. Um, people may push back on us and say, you know, well, they're trying to ground this universe in reality and what do you expect these people to do and blah, blah, blah. But guys, there's a talking raccoon and tree in this universe. <laughs> uh, thunder gods right. sorcerer supremes infinity stones i mean marvel grounds things and shoots for the cosmos when they want to exactly. it is not a big stretch it's not for them it's to not. imagine a world where black people are making a more meaningful difference towards their liberation and prosperity absolutely um so no disrespect to ryan coogler or the showrunners here they have done phenomenal work i was entertained by both projects All that I'm asking for is in the sequels to these black-led fantasy properties that touch upon the black experience, give us more meaningful conclusions for black people to walk away with. With so much power, I don't want to aspire to just build a community center after all the pain and trauma I've seen. I don't want to aspire to just give a viral speech and merely save my family business after all the pain and trauma I've seen and experienced. I want more, and this is my heartfelt plea to the creators if they ever hear this. I doubt it. Again, if we can imagine these fantastical events that span the universe, we can imagine a world where black people are doing more towards their liberation. That's that's all I'm saying. That's what I want to see represented. That's the representation that matters the most to me. Go yeah, ahead. Allah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I honestly really feel and believe that they can do this if they want to. There's no no shortage of uh, money. There's no shortage of interest. There's no shortage of uh, of timing of 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 the the socio political climate. If 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 nothing else, they're missing out on an opportunity. Because if you're going to strike now, now if you're going to strike with this, now is the time to strike. And you know, again, like you said, kudos to Ryan Coogler. Kudos to the, the showrunners. They did an absolutely amazing job making this not just compelling, but making it um, just I- extremely consumable, right? Very, yes. very, very, very entertaining. But these things don't exist in a vacuum. And when you're talking about real world issues that affect real world peoples, 
you need to be real about the way you go about it. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, 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 that's me echoing your plea. I want to see this really come for, forward full circle. I saw a lot of, uh, in the flag smashers, I saw a lot of the echoes of what's, what, what was going on with the PLO, with the Palestinian Liberation Organization, with the plight of the Palestinians, with the plight of what you see of displaced peoples around the world, the Rohingya Muslims, uh, uh, Muslims from, from uh, Myanmar, uh, from people that are from desperate regions everywhere. This was a chance to say, hey, here's what's really going on. And we can bring this into a, a, an arena where not, not just that you're going to consume it, but you're going to understand why things are the way they, they are, or, or at least be able to find some sort of empathy, right? Um, yeah. I just want to see more of that. I want to see them actually finish the race. Finish the bloody mm. race. On that note, Captain America sure. 4 has been announced with the showrunner Malcolm Spellman yep. on board to write. Where do you think it could go from here? And for me, more than identity politics of white people being upset with a new Captain America or possibly U.S. agent, maybe he gets radicalized by white fragilitist. I'm not going to use supremacist again. Uh I want to see what Sam actually inspires. Like, he gave that speech, but I want to know whether the writers at Marvel will imagine a new kind of government system that is not the status quo. Um, Just like how I want to know the consequences of T'Challa's engagement with the UN and the US. What did actually change? Right. Yeah, I, I, with with the announcement of, uh, you know, Captain America 4, um, I am hoping in, in my heart of hearts that they take to heart and they take to um, real serious consideration the not just the grounding of what they set out here in this series but also everything that has led up to where we are right now in the mcu uh, understand um, the world now knows that there are there's a galaxy there's a universe full of uh, people with elemental strength with elemental power um, mm-hmm. and that they are bigger than us is this going to actually, you know, engage and push the world to, to, you know, seeing more cooperation, a, a, a closer bond between governments and, and, and getting to a point where you do have um, a semblance of what you saw with what the Flag Smashers really wanted? Are we going to see a deeper dive into, uh, uh, you know, see, I, seeing Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley's influence on Sam, you know? Where are we going to go mm. with this? Because there's so many things that are there's so many things that are left unanswered. I'd even like to see uh, Sam become more engaged with what the Flag Smashers wanted themselves, and not just pay you know lip service as a as an epitaph to these people that were just murdered. Um, you know, be it as it may. So I really do want to see more substance, more substance, and not just lip service. I thought it was wild how even Isaiah was kind of caught up in that speech on TV and was like, you know what? You're good, man. Go ahead, brother. Is that all it took? Because Isaiah's been through so much. He's seen so much. And for him to also be like, he's seen countless speeches, you know? I mean, like, I, man, I really, it it was really a oddly wrapped up show to me. Yeah, it it ended up on an awkward note um, as far as what kind of resolutions we would have liked to see from our point of view. Right. Um, right. I think I think that that's that's what we want to get across to you know our listeners and to uh, you know people that are consuming this that there are a lot of things 
that are very serious and very, very near and dear to our hearts that are issues that we deal with because, you know, Brendan and I have a very, very close bond with one another. And we talk about the deeper issues that surround a lot of these plot points. And I think the the thing that a lot of people in our position and, and that come from our backgrounds want to see is that, hey, you said you were about it. Now be about it. You know, you're making these steps. We appreciate it. Now give us mm. something that we can really get behind. Give us something that we can really rally around and say, hey, look, they really went there with that. I'm on board. I, I really like that. Because again, you know, the kind of buzz that we saw with Black Panther, that was elation, right? That was elation over representation. That was elation mm-hmm. over the reframing of uh, what the continent of Africa is, right? That was the reframing. You've been able to prove that these narratives make you the bank let's be real it's about the bank and i understand that now use some of that that capital that you've garnered and go the full race finish the bloody race on the black panther notion too i have a friend she's from south africa and she remarked about how her and her friends remarked that even that movie we, we obviously know it's a very black american view of africa and that right. the way that even way, the way that they were presented was pretty cool, but there were some problematic aspects of that too. And so I'm hoping that sure. Ryan Coogler can also get some help uh, with that too. Yeah. But yeah, we've run a little long, but I really enjoyed this uh, this discussion with you, Sky. I think this is important. This is something that I really haven't seen out there yet. I've seen yeah. just social media just gush over this. And again, I want to be I want to be clear that we enjoyed a lot of this. Yeah. But there yeah. are some things that definitely stick out and i hope you guys agree with us and if not let us know how you feel about it are we tripping we're not yeah but um (laughs) (laughs) let's close it out here again we are on facebook at b-l-e-r-d-u-p we're on instagram at b-l-e-r-d-p-r-u-p and we're on twitter at b-l-e-r-d you catch us on blurred.com our partners awesome website full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens if you guys are on the facey books uh also aka the zuck book um, you can find me, easy to find, uh, just spell out S-K-Y, and then Muhammad, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. Or if you're into the Twitterverse, uh, I'm not on there as much because Twitter has turned into an absolute hot dumpster fire over the past forever. However, if you do want to drop me a line, let me know. You can find me at H underscore R underscore paper stacks. Uh, send me a note, DM, let us know what you think of the show. Um, if we're tripping, we know we're not. But, you know, your 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 insight is always valued. Yeah, guys, we will we'll always take some fan questions, fan uh, feedback, etc. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. And peace. Salam alaikum. Peace.